Congregation, the main text for tonight uh, from the book of Revelation, the 12th chapter, the verses 5 and 9. The main verses, Revelation 12, 5 and 9. And she brought forth a man, child, who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. And her child was cut up unto God and to his throne. Verse 9, and the great dragon was cast out. That old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. So far, Jesus expelling Satan. That's the theme for tonight. Jesus expelling Satan. Two thoughts. In the first place, Jesus got up to heaven. As we see at the end of verse 5. And the child was cut up unto God and to his throne. That's Ascension Day. And suddenly Satan thrown down to earth. As we see a couple times in verse 9. He was cast out and again cast out into the earth. So Jesus expelling Satan. Jesus caught up to heaven and Satan threw down to earth. Congregation, young friends, what do we see tonight in this chapter? I see a woman, and I see a child, and I see a dragon, and I see a, an angel. Let us just first look at them and try to find out who they are, who they exemplify, and what they are doing. And there appeared a great wonder in heaven. We read in verse 1. A great wonder did not happen. You know, wonders happen, right? Lord Jesus did wonders, and they happened. It doesn't say that here. The wonder appeared. So the wonder now in text means something else. It's not a miracle. It doesn't say, and there appeared a miracle in heaven. No, a sign a sigh in heaven, so something became visible. And there appeared a great wonder in heaven. It's a huge sign, something important. What did John see? There appeared a great wonder in heaven, a, a woman clothed with the sun. It's a bright garment. A woman so so splendid, so, so bright, so white, so it looks like a bride, clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet. So she stands on the moon. She is arrayed with the sun standing on the moon. She has the moon under her feet. So she has done, the, the moon is subject to her. She rules over the moon. And upon her head, a crown of 12 stars. A diadem, it says in the original. A diadem, a crown, not a wreath that people receive after they have won the prize. But like a king and a prince and a queen. So she received a diadem on her, on her head. So quite a woman, right? Clothed with the sun, the moon under her feet. And such a beautiful crown on her head of 12 stars. Secondly, I see something more. I see that she is also expecting. So that woman clothed the sun and the moon on her feet and the beautiful diadem on her head, he's expecting. You can see that. She will have a child shortly. She is at the end. And being with child, she cried. It's, it's beginning. 
she will deliver a child travailing in birth and pained to be delivered. So we are not talking about yet who it is. Just a picture. A woman with the sun and the moon and the diadem and expecting and delivering a child. You may already think about it. Who would that be? What does that mean? We will come back to that later. And there appeared another wonder in heaven. Not another miracle. Something else was visible. Appeared. And behold, a great red dragon. A dragon. And dinosaur type of beast or something. A leviathan type of beast. A behemoth type of animal. Huge and red. It's, 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 it's a large animal and it's red. And it's willing to devour, right? Because red is the color of danger. That's how traffic lights turn red. Then we have to stop. It's a signal. It, the thing, it reminds you of blood and aggression. And so we see here a dragon, and he has also seven heads. See that? Do you imagine? Huge, behemoth, leviathan type of animal, and then with seven heads and ten horns. And Seven crowns upon his head. It's kind of complicated, right? It's hard to make a picture of that. Great red dragon having seven heads, ten horns, and seven crowns upon his head. So all those heads probably had seven crowns. So 49 crowns, I would think. It's a vision, right? It is what John saw. He saw that woman, and he saw that dragon. There's also a child in this chapter. A child is born out of that woman. And a child is doing things. And a child is taken up to heaven. And the child looks kind of vulnerable was just born. Who is the child? What do you think? We don't read too much about him, although we read something about him. We read that he, in verse 5, he was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. So we know that. We know that he had a rod of iron, that he was powerful as well. A child but yet powerful. Three things you see. A woman, a child, and such an impressive dragon. So let us step it up. What does it mean? Why don't we start with the easiest? I think the easiest is who that dragon is. Because when we compare Bible with Bible verses, it is clear in this chapter. This chapter tells us plainly who that great red dragon is with all those heads and all the horns and all the crowns. The Bible tells us. We don't have to fantasize and think something about ourselves. That's even dangerous. So I see in verse 9 who it is. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent. An old serpent, remember from paradise? Was deceiving Eve and Adam. And they yet took of that fruit. The old serpent 
called the devil. It's the devil. And devil means diabolos in the original. And diabolos means deceiver. He's the deceiver. So the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil, and Satan. Satan means to oppose, to disagree, to not agree at all, but just work against it. So Satan is someone not cooperating, but always being in the way. Like the Lord Jesus said to the Apostle Peter, behind me, Satanist. Because Satanist means you're in my way. Get out of my way, Peter. Satan means I'm, that he's in the way, that he tries to ruin the work of God. Satan means opposer. And it says also that he deceived the whole world. The whole world is under his authority. He's the prince of the world. So that is the dragon. And now, what should we deal with first? The woman or the child? It's really easy to first talk about the child. Because the woman is the most difficult one. The child. Who is the child? Well, <clears throat> when you read here in this chapter, in verse 5, and she brought forth a man child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. Who is that? Who can it possibly be? Someone who is reigning all the nations with a rod of iron. And we also read in this text, in verse 5, that he was called up unto God and to his throne. In Revelation 3 it says, be, be, be brought in the throne. So this someone, a child, was born, will rule all nations, will rule of iron, will be called up to God, and will be in God's throne. Well, I read in Psalm 2 the following, and you can make up your own mind. Psalm 2. I will declare the decree the Lord has said unto me, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. Ask of me, and I shall give thee the heathen for thy inheritance, and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. Thou shalt break them with a rod of iron. Thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Kiss the son, lest he be angry and ye perish from the way when his wrath is kindled but a little. See, that is, of course, the Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, the child is born. Lord Jesus, the child that receives the power over all nations, and the rod of iron, and will be cut up by God, and sit with God in the throne. There's nobody else that fits this. It must be the Lord Jesus. The Bible tells us so. Psalm 2 is too close to be ignored. So we have a child, and we have the red dragon, the devil. Who is that woman? Who is she? With the sun arrayed, and the moon under her feet, and the diadem, and expecting the child, and in pain, and delivering the child. It is the mother of the child, right? So, who can that be? Well, that's easy, they say in the Roman Catholic Church. That's Mary. Mary, the mother of Jesus. She is the mother of Jesus. Nobody else is. 
I don't think so. Is Mary the one with the cloak, the sun and the moon on her feet and uh, a crown of 12 stars on her head? And is she going into the wilderness and does she receive protection of the Lord in the wilderness as we see also in this chapter? It does not fit. So what could that be? There is a clear reference to Genesis 37. And I think the children remember that story of Joseph who had a dream and his brothers did not like him and his father rebuked him and said, Joseph, you can't say that. Remember? Here it is. And he dreamed yet another dream and told it his brethren and said, Behold, I have dreamed a dream more. And behold, the sun and the moon and the eleven stars made obeisance to me, bowed for me. The sun did, the moon did, and the eleven stars did. Eleven? He was number twelve, right? Joseph. And he told it to his father and to his brethren, and his father rebuked him and said unto him, What is this dream that thou hast dreamed? Shall I, the sun, and the moon, that is your mother, and thy brethren, indeed come to bow down ourselves to thee in the earth? Really? Your father, your mother, and your brothers? the sun, the moon, and the stars. See, that is what? If you just combine that, what would you say? What is the moon and the star, the, the sun, the moon, and the stars together in Genesis 37? It is Israel. The people of Israel the people of Israel are the mother of the Lord Jesus. It is called Jerusalem, our mother, by the Apostle Paul. And Christ is called the seed of Abraham. There's no question about it either. So we have the mother of the Lord Jesus as Israel. And the Lord had promised at the very beginning already in Genesis 3 that the seed of the woman, right? The seed of the woman will bruise the seed of the devil. It's an old theme in the Bible. So now we know who the individuals are in this chapter. Let me also prove that from Isaiah 54 and Jeremiah 3. For thy maker is thine husband, the Lord of hosts is his name, and thy redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, the God of the whole earth, shall he be called. For the Lord has called thee as a woman, forsaken and grieved in spirit, and the wife of youth, when thou hast refused, say thy God. So the people of Israel is called a woman. Israel, a woman. And why is the child then a child of the woman? Because it is the Lord Jesus born from that Judah, from that people, from that nation. Or Jeremiah 3, verse 20, Surely as a wife treacherously departed from her husband, so have ye dealt treacherously with me, O house of Israel, saith the Lord. Also, a woman, the people of Israel. Now back to the chapter. And she, being with child, cried. 
travailing in birth and pained to be delivered. So the people of Israel, in course of time, went through so much pain. The people of Israel were so taunted, were so plagued, were so much stress all the time, from the very beginning. Later on, I hope to mention a few examples. But you know that, right? That the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ was something that they were waiting for, and it almost seemed impossible. And the whole tribe of Judah was gone, and there was the seed of, of David. Being with child, she travailed in birth and pain to be delivered. We see close to her Satan, close to her Satan standing, and he's waiting for the time that the child is born. And as soon as the child is born, the child is vulnerable, he will attack and devour and kill that baby. Because Satan absolutely hates Christ. Does not want him to be born. Does not want him to save. Does not want God's glory. Hates it when there's the people serving him. So Satan is doing his utmost to nip this in the butt. So this child, if it is born, he will take it. He will kill it. Satan is called also the murderer from the beginning. He's also a deceiver. He hates God. He hates the triune one with passion. And he does not want people to rejoice in God and to rejoice in Christ and to have eternal life in him and hope and comfort. He just hates people with passion. So that's why he is planning to devour the baby. His tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and it cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as it was born. And she before the child who was to rule all nations with the rod of iron. And the child was cut up unto God and to his throne. As you understand, Satan did not get a chance. The child was born. And the Lord took it, and it is in heaven, ascension day. You say, that goes fast. He's born, Bethlehem, and he's ascension day. So much in between, where is that? Where is his suffering? Where is his death? Where is his crucifixion? Where is his burial? Where is his his resurrection? goes so fast. Right. So only the beginning of the work of Jesus on earth is mentioned and the very end. And everything in between is included. It's included that he was suffering. Included that he was crucified. It's, it's part of it he was buried and that he was resurrected. But the purpose of all that the purpose of his birth and his suffering and his death and his resurrection and the burial, the purpose of that, of, the, of, of all that is what? The purpose is he is sit at the right hand of God and that he reigns forever and that he governs all things. That's the, that's the purpose of it. And that's why in this vision it goes so fast. As if the things in the middle are not so important. They're very important. Very important. Because the Lord Jesus could only be cut up 
if he had paid price. And if he had received the approval of the Father. So all those things had to happen before. And now the Lord Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. So he was calling up unto God, being God himself, and to his throne. To is in italics, does not stand, is not in the original, and his throne. So he's in the throne, according to the Revelation 1. And the woman fled into the wilderness. The Israel fled. The church is also an extension of Israel. So the church was also persecuted, and the church was also held by the Lord, and the woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared of God. They should feed her three, there a thousand two hundred and threescore days. It is 1,260 days. That is three and a half years. That is the half of seven. It is a, by God appointed time period of three and a half years because it will not be forever. There's a time limit. That's the time I think we live in. The time we live in, that the Lord Jesus is in heaven and with the Father in the throne. And we see in verse 7, and there was war in heaven, Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angel. <clears throat> Satan thrown down to the earth. So the dragon hating God and hating Christ also has now to experience what his lot was. You know, he had seven heads. What do you do with seven heads? You want like seven heads, like would you? What if you link seven computers to each other? We have a mega computer. So lots of think power. Lots of data you can process. That's the idea. The idea is of some seven heads has an extreme amount of knowledge. He can think things through in a sec. He, he knows, he's so cunning, he's so smart. The wisest. And, and the dragon... Satan, don't underestimate him. He's a smart creature, a fallen angel. He knows a lot. He knows how to deal with things. He also has insight in things, insight we don't have. So this war, the Lord Jesus, the, the child was cut up into heaven at the right and the front, and a war broke out. An invisible war, a celestial war, as we see in verse 7. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon fought and his angels. So that's past. It was, that's, that's close to Ascension Day. If not Ascension Day itself. So the Lord Jesus, the child was cut up and was sitting in the throne. And the war broke out. And in no time, Michael, the general of God's army of angels, fought against the red dragon with his angels, and the dragon prevailed not. Verse 8. Neither was their place found anymore in heaven. 
So he was expelled. Satan had access to the throne of God if before. Like Job, right? Book of Job. Satan approaching God and talking about Job. There was no wonder that he was serving the Lord and this arguing with the Lord. He was he expelled. Go, leave this place. Satan had no access anymore to heaven. There was no place found anymore in heaven. So the Lord Jesus went to heaven, sitting at the right hand of the Father, and the red dragon had to leave, and he was thrown, cast into the earth. Which deceived the whole world, half a verse 9, he was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. So Satan has been expelled from heaven, but is now busy on earth. That's after Ascension Day. On Ascension Day, the Lord Jesus, the child, was cut off, and Satan was expelled and thrown and cast to the earth. And that's the situation we deal with today. So it's the comfort of Ascension Day that the Lord Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. On the other side, there are also concerns that Satan is here on earth now. And he knows very well that he has only a short time left. Three and a half years in symbolic language. So he thinks, I have only such a short time, I have to do my utmost to ruin the church. See that in verse 12? Therefore rejoice ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them, woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil is come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he has but a short time. Great wrath. The time we live in. Lord Jesus is the right hand of the Father. No worries. He arranged all things and keeps everything in check. And said he can't do anything without his will. But in the meantime, Satan is extremely angry. So, so agitated. He, and he, he does not give over, give himself over. And when the dragon saw that he was cast unto the earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the man child. See, so persecutions are breaking out. And that's, that's the time we live in, the time of persecutions. Interesting, though, that it says in verse 12, Rejoice, therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. But woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil is come down unto you, having great wrath. So that verse 12 begins with rejoice, and then says, But woe to the inhabitants. So that is the double thing in, in, in Ascension Day. The reason to rejoice and yet tremble. Rejoice because the Lord Jesus is at the right hand of the Father and yet Satan is cast out on the earth. So watch it. Be careful. Be alert. He's going about as a roaring lion seeking who he may devour. So we hear of the birth of the Messiah. We don't hear about the suffering, the crucifixion, the burial, the resurrection. It's all included. But the most important thing is that Christ is in heaven. 
in the throne. In the 12 articles of faith, that's the last thing, right? Before the TV will come again on the clouds of heaven. Ascension Day is the last thing in, on earth that happened to the Lord Jesus on earth. He was taken up into glory. And regarding the, the, that rejoicing, it's always surprising that, uh, at least for me, that the disciples, after the Lord Jesus left, were so joyful. I would think they would be, they would be sad. That's what I would think. That's what, that's my, but my answer would be. But they were not sad. They were, they were joy, rejoicing. Because they must have known something of what that meant. That their master that Jesus was going to heaven and sitting at the right hand of the Father and that he would rule the nations with a rod of iron, that he would be the judge as well. <clears throat> Ending this second thought, Genesis 3, verse 15 and I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. That is predicted. In the whole Old Testament, we see it happening. You know, remember Cain and Abel? Why was Cain so against Abel? He knew that Lord Jesus was not supposed to be born. So he killed his brother for that reason. The Lord Jesus was not supposed to be born. And think of the Pharaoh. Let my people go. Oh, Satan was so concerned that the Lord Jesus be born that people should have been exterminated. Haman and Esther. He was so against the Jewish people. All the Jewish people had to be killed in Susan and other places. Satan was behind that. And when the Lord Jesus was born, Herod, King Herod, said to his soldiers, go to Bethlehem and kill all the babies from two, uh, up to two years old. He hoped that he would be killed. And the Lord Jesus was on the, on the lake in a storm. And I'm, 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 I'm sure Satan was behind that. He wanted to drown the ship and to drown Jesus. This is what the Lord Jesus said to the, to the sea, be still. And that's a special word used for dogs and other animals to just make sure that they can bite. Something in front of them is kind of a mask. Female, it says in Greek. To this, the sea was the example of Satan. That's why it says in Revelation there was no sea anymore. And we think of Judas and Alexander the coppersmith and the Spanish Inquisition and Stalin, Hitler and Iran and all anti-Semitism. It's still going on. Satan is on earth. He's doing his best to ruin things. And yet the Lord Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. Brings to the application. Congregation is still an invisible war going on. It's going on. We don't see it, it's celestial, it is spiritual, but it's real. And Satan hates especially family life. He likes to kill babies still. 
he's involved in abortion. I'm sure about that. He likes new definitions of marriage. He hates it when young people, children, seek the Lord and read the Bible. He hates the doctrine of the Bible. He hates still the people of Israel. And it's, it's, it's invisible. There are powers, invisible powers and, and, and demons and devils still going about also today. Many don't believe in that. Many say, I believe there's a God. I don't believe there's a devil. The devil is real. Let me read to you from Ephesians. Remember that example of the armor of God? God's people need to be armed with the sword and the breastplate and the helmet, you know, that, that, that piece. Put on the whole armor of God. Why? That you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. See that? May you forget that piece. That you may be stand, maybe that you may stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood and visible things, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Spiritual wickedness in high places. Therefore, take unto the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all this to stand... So in times of persecution and confusion, you need to stand and use that full armor of God. Not only personally, but also in this sense. Also Romans 8. You may remember that chapter. Nothing shall separate from the love of Christ. For I am persuaded, Paul writes, persuaded that neither death no life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Very clear, I find 1 Peter 3. That is very fitting for our text today. 1 Peter 3, 22, who is gone into heaven, ascension day, referring to the Lord Jesus, right? Who is gone into heaven and is on the right hand of God, angels and authorities and powers being made subject unto him. So all the powers and devils and confusion is under the authority of the Lord Jesus. I heard of a general in the Second World War of the United States, George C. Patton. George C. Patton was also a general in North, North, North Africa and fighting Erwin Rommel from the, from the German armies. And Erwin Rommel had written a book on how to wage war, about the strategies. And George Patton had read a book. He exactly knew how Rommel would act in the war so that he could counteract. There's a story I don't believe that they even talked to each other and that Patton said, I read your book. Anyway, Patton was quite successful in the, in the war against the German army because he knew their strategy. So we also need to know the strategy of the devil. And know that he is after family life and ch children, youth. A few points of attention. Pray. Pray lead us not into temptation. Would you like to have a whip in your hand and to hit someone hard with a whip? Use the whip of prayer and hit Satan 
Hit them hard. Use your whip with prayer. Prayer is whipping and tormenting the devil. You flee from you. Resist him. You flee from you. The Bible says. Don't forget that he also comes as an angel of light. In a very cunning way. It's a secret way. Hidden way. Deceiving way. With the Bible. With piousness. With religion. He knows to, to, to call Bible text as well. Be alert. Keep your eyes open. Because Satan is going about as a roaring lion. Consider that he always wants, you, wants to do harm. Wants to harm you. Your marriage. Your upbringing of children. Your health. He's so against people. He likes to falsely accuse. He likes to make people overly confident. He has been conquered. That's right. He is not in heaven. He has no active role in heaven. Only for the time being, he's on earth. But he is fighting hard because he knows that he has a short time only. He's in his last struggle, the struggle of a beaten foe. He is busy. He's extra phenomenous, malignant, knowing that he has a short time left. And in spite of the attacks of Satan, the church has reason to yet rejoice. Like the disciples rejoiced, so also in this chapter. It's almost a song that for rejoice ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them, woe to the inhabitants. It's to rejoice. So also tonight, if you may have that new life in your soul, rejoice in salvation. That's also quite a weapon, quite a tool in the hands of God's people to resist the devil, to see the joy in him. Make use of the word. Did you see verse 15? In other, in other places. You, you, you use the word. Because the word of God is powerful. As you can see in verse 11. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. So to overcome, to overcome the, the, the Satan in this life, also now, is by the blood of the Lamb, by faith. It's so essential, right? So you, first you think that it's, he's born and he's cut up in heaven, nothing in between. And later on in the chapter you see the blood of the Lamb, that is the foundation, that is the payment that made it possible for Jesus to go to heaven. So they overcame, those Christians overcame, they did not succumb, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. The blood of the Lamb was the payment, and also looked upon, believed in that Lamb, believed in that blood, and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. You read in the last part of verse 11. So the martyrs said, if you'd like to kill me for that, I'm not going to budge. I'm faithful to my master. Even if I have to die, I will yet obey him. Above all, taking the shield of faith, by which he shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Ephesians 6.16. So faith is important. True saving faith is important to attack Satan, to not be over. To, to, to not be conquered by him. And I read in 2 Corinthians 19, verse 11, just, just a few thoughts. Deal courageously, and the Lord shall be with the good. And the Lord shall be with the good. So, to be courageous. Satan wants people to be depressed, to be down, to have no hope. And he, he, he hates them. People have trust in the Lord. So in 2 Chronicles 19, 11, deal courageously and the Lord shall be with the God. 
do not argue with Satan. Don't talk with him. Don't negotiate with him. Fight. Fight with him. And pray lead us not into temptation. Keep in mind, also a point, that the Lord Jesus in heaven has a human nature. Human nature. The divine nature and the human nature. He took a human nature to heaven as a child born out of Israel. So we call that the continual incarnation. The continual incarnation. You know what incarnation means, right? Incarnus, made flesh. Lord Jesus made flesh in, in Bethlehem. And that continues. He keeps his body. He could have said before he went to heaven, I lay down my human nature now. Because I used it and I needed it, but now I don't need it anymore. So he could have, he could have, of course he couldn't. So to speak, he could have left his human nature here and go to heaven all with his divine nature. No. Lord Jesus kept his human nature because he would like to meet with his people on the last day of the resurrection and would like to meet them person to person, body to body, with his human body. And he wants to, to save not only the soul, also the body. The body is also important to the Lord. What was, this, what was the theme again? Satan expelled, Jesus expelled Satan, Jesus cut up to heaven, Satan thrown down to earth. And yet, there will be joy in heaven as well. Joy in heaven, as we see in Psalm 24. It's the last thing, Psalm 24. I read you the joy of Ascension Day in Psalm 24. A joy not of God's people, joy of, of heaven. You know, the angels are rejoicing, right? When a sinner comes to conversion. Psalm 24 from verse 7. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lift up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Where is the King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, even lift them up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Where is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Selah. Amen.